Good, good morning, Eastside family. We want to let our children ages three through third grade. You don't have to run, guys, all right? Ages three through third grade make their way back to junior worship. We've got some new folks that I've uh, seen here with children. So if you have children those particular ages, just go in that direction. Thank you so much to our, some of the kids in our fifth grade class. As the children are going to junior worship, we want to remind you of an incredibly important aspect of our, of our worship to God, and that is the offering that we bring to God every week, and appreciate how you are faithful to worship God in this way, and we make it possible for you to do this in four different ways. You can, um, it's not on my teleprompter here, but I've got it right here. You can mail a check to the church building. You can go to our website at eastsidesprings.com and click on the box that says give and follow the easy instructions. You can do an automatic draft through your bank, or if you would like to, you, if you're here in person, you can put your uh, offering of worship there at the box at the table out uh, on the at, at the way out here at the door there. To those of you who are not here in person, but you're here with us still live streaming, we're absolutely thrilled to death that you're here. We want you to participate with us this morning. So you all live streaming, and all of you here, take your Bibles and let's turn to back to continue what we started last week, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. I'd like to start with a prayer. Father, the story that we're about to hear again, we want to do more than hear but to experience it as it originally was told and heard and experienced. And it wasn't because Peter, the apostle, was such a smooth and eloquent speaker, but it was because you, a Holy Spirit, descended upon your followers and upon the crowd that day. And it was, it was a, a mighty wind and tongues of fire. And as the word was spoken, every single person that was there heard it in their own language. May each of us today hear you speak in, the own, in our own languages of our hearts. We pray, O oh, Holy Spirit, descend upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, so last week we were in, in the middle of a role play setting on an airplane such as this. And I was in a conversation with Eric for the whole purpose of, of sharing the gospel with him to model for you how you too can make disciples of all nations in that way. But then the conversation was interrupted as Eric had to stop on the airplane and go to the restroom. And so before Eric comes back, what I thought would be good, some of you weren't here last week, I want to remind you of what we did last week and I want to just to give a little bit of a review. It is, it is the decision of our elders because it's the decision of Jesus that the mission of the church, of this church, is to make disciples of all nations. And there's many ways to go about that. We're going to talk about one other way next week. But one of the primary ways is just telling the story that we sang about earlier today. Telling the story of Jesus the word for that's the gospel. And I know that scares some of us. 
You know, you might think, well, Eddie, you're a preacher. That just comes naturally to you. But no, there's a, it takes courage for me to do what you're going to see me do today with someone that I've met on the plane. And there's some of us who are thinking, I can't do that. I, I get that. Some of you are thinking, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to do that. And so that's why God has given us here this beautiful chapter 2 of the book of Acts. It's like an outline. You just walk through it with someone and tell the story. And basically what you have there are three questions that this text answers. And just, just remember these three questions and you're working to answer these three questions to somebody. Who was Jesus? What did he do? And what does it mean for me and for you? So, last week, we worked on the question of answering the question for Eric. What does, what, what, who is Jesus? And that's really important. You never want to skip that part and try to rush somebody into baptism. Because our objective is not to make baptized people. Our objective is to make disciples. That's a lifetime commitment. Like marriage of following Jesus. If you're going to commit your life to someone, you need to know who they are. And so that's all we talked about last week. I just want Eric to know who Jesus is. And so now the second two questions we're going to address well what did he do and what does it mean we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 2 and verse 23 unfreeze hey man I'm starting to get worried about you I swear I thought I was going to send a flight attendant or something. Go check on that guy. Well, you know? speaking of the flight attendant, I guess it's safe to assume I missed the drink cart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I drank your drink. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, you were gone forever. Well, you feeling all right? I feel a lot better. <laughs> a week in the bathroom, I recommend it for... <laughs> see a lot of gray hair out there. It's a good thing. I... You know, a week in the bathroom gives you a lot of time to think. I bet, yeah. One of the best places. And I thought of a lot of things. One being maybe to try to find a different seat. That was... <laughs> yeah. But on a serious note, I... You know, we were, we were talking about Jesus and I shared with you that my impression or at least what I thought of Jesus was more of something almost mythological and what I heard if I was going to summarize what you shared with me and I, I appreciate that by the way thanks I what I heard you say was Jesus was is not mythological at all he was actually a man and he's someone that I could relate to that he lived on this earth um, as as God's son um well, you, is you, that? Should, you should go to the bathroom more often, okay. man. You get such revelations. Well, yeah. would you be okay if um, we picked up from there where we left off? Yeah, and, and, and I will, I'll be honest, Eddie. I, something else I thought about is I, I wouldn't normally have this type of conversation, but you're, you have a sincerity and a An excitement. I, there's something a little different about you. So there's as much. I'm a little apprehensive, but honestly, it's that it, yeah. it's that sincerity and 
kind of your excitement that makes me curious. I, so, I know the so same yes. feeling. I, when, when, when I, the guy that shared it with me to really help bring me to a point of faith, it wasn't simply the contents, but he believed it. He was, he was convinced. And so you, you move in the story here that we're looking at of who Jesus is, and we talked about that. And then what's, what's incredible is to see what he did. And here's the, I guess for me, Eric, it was an obstacle I had to overcome. What I'm getting ready to tell you is like, oh yeah, I've heard that before. Kind of like religious cliches, like Jesus died on the cross, Jesus rose from the dead. If you're in America, it's hard not to have heard that somewhere, you know, but when, when this guy shared it with me, as I'm hoping I can share it with you in this way, it, it just finally hit me. Let, let me just, let's just pick up what, what, showing you what Jesus did here. It's in chapter, chapter 2. It says in verse 23, This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. Look at this. And he says, You, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. And so... After we've seen who he is, we begin to see what he did, and it's Jesus died on the cross. Now, are you familiar with that? Have you heard about that? Uh, n- no, not really. I mean, Easter, I mean, that's something that maybe comes to mind. But yes, I mean, that's part of the kind of the story, but I, I certainly don't understand it or even yeah. know why. I mean, it's obviously a terrible story especially in what you just read sounds like that we were responsible for that right it's like wait what are you talking about i did yeah that that struck me when i read it it was like whoa wait a minute i wasn't there you put him to death no they put him to death what are you talking about here's here's what helped me and it's when i remember we talked about earlier about that old testament part one when you read part one it's on a it helps explain why he died on the cross. In part one, it opens up, God created the heavens and the earth. He created mankind. He created us. And everything was great. And he, and he gave us free will, which means the choice to choose God, to choose God's way and God's will, or not. And you, I guess you could guess, oh, you know who the first people were that God created? Do you even know that part? What their names were? No, well, no. you're starting, starting yeah, ground zero, man. It was, it was Adam and Eve with their names, and they're kind of like you, kind of like me, you know, don't do this, and because we were told not to do it, we do it. And so Adam and Eve were told, this is God's way, but they chose the opposite of it, and they disobeyed God, and, and that's basically called sin. That's that made word you've heard of, and, and that just like took all of the good that God had established on the earth there in this beautiful place of him and, and Adam and Eve. And they just messed it up. They, they, kind of like they broke it and said, we're going to do our own thing our own way. And so the, thing, the problem with that is, is, it's like today, you can't just do terrible things and wrong things and get away with them. There are, there are consequences. And so in that story, in our story, in the Bible story, there are consequences to 
disobedience or sin to God. And it's a lot of ways to describe it. It would be death and separation. Separation meaning God is holy, God is righteous, and he can't say, oh, it doesn't matter. You're, no, wait a minute. You have to leave the Garden of Eden now. We cannot have that. So there was a separation of Adam and Eve. But then also they were told, you're going to die. And so that was the consequences for their behavior, for their sin, for their disobedience. But God's problem is, is he wasn't content with that. The story is, man, I don't, I don't want them to die. I don't want them to be separated from me forever. And so he set into motion, you'll see in the story of the Old Testament, this plan of bringing Jesus into the world to fix what man has broken. And I said that before. Remember when we were reading earlier, the whole Old Testament story, its point is God working through history to bring Jesus into the world. Jesus came and did so much, but at the core of it, he died on the cross. And basically what that was doing was you and I, Adam and Eve, We've sinned against God. We've hurt God. We've betrayed God. We deserve to be punished by death. But God says, I don't want that for you. So he came and took our place in death. So when I put that together with what you were saying earlier, that you kind of, as you were putting it all together, it wasn't like just this religious martyr died and what an incredible story of sacrifice. God, who created us in this world, came to the earth and died because of me. Because of what I have done. He had not. He died for me. And the only explanation is because of how much he loves us. And it's like, who does that? And God did that. So it's like, when I got that, it's like, wow. Yeah. That's not... Something you would see today, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, just watch the news. I mean, people are killing their families, not and thinking for the, thinking about themselves. Yeah. yeah. So well, the story continues. What is it? What did Jesus do in verse twenty four? But God raised him from the dead. So you got to imagine that, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. And so this is talking about. What maybe you've heard of is called the resurrection of Jesus. That's, and that's Easter? That's kind of the Easter celebration? Yeah, yeah, thing. and yeah, exactly. That's what Christians celebrated Easter. And speaking of that, um, I know you live in Colorado Springs. I really want to invite you, even though this is all new to you, come to our church gathering on Easter Sunday and uh, just experience it. I would really love for you to come. Bring your family. But he talks about here, he talks about here the resurrection of Jesus. As a matter of fact, he goes on for quite a few verses and says, this is something that didn't just randomly happen, but it was prophesied from years and years and years leading all up to um, the time when Jesus came. And I guess for me, Eric, when, when I first thought of that, like, when I first heard that, like, no, that doesn't happen. It's kind of like a fairy tale, you know, yeah. like it's inconceivable uh, as one of the stories would say. It's like the prince goes up to the prince and, and kisses her. Oh, she comes back to life or she awakens. How could I believe such a fairy tale like story of a guy coming back from the dead? 
But then I started putting the facts together. This was part of that, all of the prophecies in history were telling us this is going to happen. And then it says here, there were eyewitnesses. Like eyewitnesses that saw the empty tomb. Like where they buried him. We saw it. It wasn't there. And then a lot of eyewitnesses who, who testified, we saw him alive. And I started thinking about that. That's not crazy because in our court of law today, we make life and death decisions or determine someone's future based upon one thing, eyewitness testimony. And we have that. And then I also put together the thought that in this moment, as this guy Peter was telling this story in Jerusalem, anybody could have said, whoa, that's nuts. Come on, let's go to the grave and look, there's his body. There's no record in history of anybody producing the body of Jesus. This popular guy at the time, everybody knew where he was born. The reason there's no record in history of his body being produced because he had risen from the dead. The tomb was empty. But I thought, but still, man, Somebody coming back from the dead. Hmm. How, does, how do you do that? But then think about it. If you look out the window and you see all that God created, you look at your body. If God can give and create this body, then he can bring it. That's really for him, not you and me. It's really not a hard thing to give it life again. And so this is all coming together. I'm thinking, wow. This is true. And if it's true, it means two basic things. Because like, so, he rose from the dead. Big deal. Oh no, it's huge. Because, you know, I talked about all those miracles that were pointing to something about Jesus. Those miracles were pointing to the fact, and this is the pinnacle of all the miracles. The greatest miracle that Jesus is the Son of God. There's a lot of religious leaders that started their own religions. There was Muhammad, uh, there was Buddha, there was Confucius, there was uh, Mary Baker Eddy, there was um, Joseph Smith. And they all started these incredibly huge, fast and growing religions, but they all died and they're buried and their grave sites are still occupied. But not the tomb of Jesus, he's different because he's the son of God. But it's more than that, Eric. Two days ago, I was at a funeral of a very close friend of mine. I'm sorry. And we buried her. But I know that she will rise again. Because the truth of the resurrection is that if Jesus had the power to rise from the dead, he has the power to bring us back to life, to the resurrection, and into eternal life. So you see, that's why this is... This is Pretty in, in, incredible news. So, okay, you've said a lot, and obviously, most of it I don't understand. <laughs> but you're getting but, it. But I'm, I'm. It's fascinating. But so you said that he came, he died to fix a. I think you said a broken world that you yeah. know he to fix us. Right. So are we? Does that mean it's all good? No? I mean, in, in what you're describing, it sounds like he fixed it. We're all fixed. We're all fixed, and, and life is good. No, there's... End of story. No, no, there's, there's... There's a response we have to it. There's a response we have like, to yay, it. Like, yay, or like, thank you? <laughs> yeah. um, well, let me, let me explain that to you. 
First of all, though, you're asking a question a little bit ahead of me. There's one other thing that he did that I think is evidently significant because it's here in the story. It says in verse 33, after he died and was resurrected, it says... Which means he was made alive again. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, it's kind of crazy, but that's what happened. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. So this is another part of the story. A lot of us have heard Jesus rose, Jesus died on the cross. Yeah, heard that. Jesus uh, rose from the grave. Heard that. But this part is not as well known or talked about. Jesus ascended to heaven. So he is in heaven right now? Yeah. Here's, here's what it says earlier in chapter 1, the same book here. He was talking to his disciples and it says, in that time when he was speaking to them, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. So Jesus is now in the presence of God the Father in heaven. But in that very verse I read to you, it says he poured out his spirit, which means He's here. He poured out the Holy Spirit, actually. Yeah, yeah. Now you, man, you really poured out in what, what do you mean? He gave us his Holy Spirit. And you're why? One, okay, what's well, the Holy Spirit? Yeah, what is it, but why would he do that? If he took care of everything, and now he's in heaven, why, what's, what's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? Like, I'll be honest with you, the preacher at my church would probably go a year on preaching on just the Holy That's, Spirit. All right? I've heard that. I heard he's a little long-winded. <laughs> he stuff out, man, all right? But if, if, if... You know, he's the type of guy, when you say in short, he doesn't really know. understand You know what it's going to be means. long. Yeah. Yeah. So, I've if, heard I, that. if I could help him out a little bit, I would tell him, <laughs> preacher, pastor, describe the Holy Spirit like this. The Holy Spirit is the spiritual presence of Jesus in Jesus' physical absence. He's in heaven, but his spirit is here with us now because our story is not yet over. And then you were asking, you were going, well, like, okay, so that's it. We're all saved. We're all good. No, there's something we must do. And that's exactly what you were thinking, what this story's doing in you, is doing to these people because as Peter was telling us, they all said, um, Wow, what, what does this mean? And so Peter goes, hey, let me explain to you. And he says, we looked at who Jesus is. We looked at what he's done. Now let me show you what, he, what it means for us. It says in verse 38, let all Israel, that's the people that were there in Palestine at the time, be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you, there you are again, crucified, both Lord and Christ. So first of all, Eric, what this means for us is he's, he's Christ, or some of the translations say Messiah. That means he's Savior. He's the one that fixed what we messed up. But he's also Lord. And the Bible even says we're called to confess Jesus as Lord. Yeah, what it, that's not a, a word we use today much. So wh what does it mean in that context? Well, I'll tell you this. There's a lot of people that want Jesus as Savior. But like, I'm not, I don't want him as Lord. Because Lord means he rules my life. Lord means I tried it my way and I messed it all up. Lord means 
I refuse to follow my will and my way because that was tearing me up. I choose him and his rule and his way. And it's not like he's this dictator that says, you got to do things my way or you're going to hell. It's like he's my creator. He knows what's best for me. And so he is both Lord and Christ. And so when the people were hearing this, it says they were cut to the heart. It's like, and, and, and I hope, it, like it would happen to me, it's like, the lights went on. It's like, like it hit me. And they said, like, what do we do? Because you can't, you can't just hear this and walk away from it. What do we do? And so Peter replied, he told them, I'll tell you what you should do. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You ever heard of repentance and baptism? I mean, we don't no, use those I, words I, on the street, right? I've, I've got some relatives who um, sprinkle like their babies. Uh, I've yeah. Been, I've been to a few things. I think that's what maybe baptism has been. Associated. Is that the same thing? Well, the first thing he talks about is repentance. And basically what that is is uh, if he really is Lord and my objective is to do his will, not mine, that means there's a lot of change that's got to go on now. So it hits me in the heart. And this repentance is this, I could say like a change in the, on the inside that leads to a change on the outside of my actions. It's like I'm following Eddie and doing what Eddie wants and I realize that's a disaster and I turn to following him. That's repentance. And that's, that's part of it. But baptism is basically, you hear this, and well, how do you reach out and accept it? It's through baptism, which is called water immersion. And when I first heard that, I thought, that's really weird. Why would God say, all right, what I want you to do is um, go down underwater and come back up? Like, what sense is that? But the guy that was teaching this to me, he explained it like this. And I could tell you from at our church, we have like in the front where the preacher stands, there's this podium. And behind it, there's a rock wall. And behind the rock wall, there's this huge like three or four feet of water baptistry. And when they baptize somebody, Eric, you'll see them take them down into the water. And that's like symbolic of Jesus dying. They go down into the water and that's symbolic of Jesus being buried and then they're coming up out of the water. That's symbolic of Jesus rising from the dead. They're saying, I'm leaving Eddie there. And I'm starting out in a complete new life. And so baptism is like my way of reaching out. Not me doing something to be saved. But accepting in an act of obedience what he did. And then the Bible says, for the forgiveness of your sins. So, so let, me, let me summarize what I'm hearing. I have to process. There's a lot of this that I don't get. So You're getting, you're learning. We, we, Jesus is a man. He came. What did he do? He, he died on a cross, but then he was resurrected. And he's in heaven with God. And he wants me to change, is what I'm hearing you say very true and so it's, that you it's don't an inward destruct it, it, so I don't I don't know that I would self-destruct I mean you sound like you were a mess but um, <laughs> my, 
I've got my act together pretty good, so... Dude's um, got some pride to deal with, obviously. (laughs) Um, So, but he wants me to change. Based on what he's done for me, he wants me to change. Yep. And change is hard. I I mean, you know, just being transparent. Here's here's the cool thing about it. He, He doesn't just say, repent, be baptized, and you get your forgiveness of sins... But that change to become the person that you can't be on your own. He says, I will give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you ask earlier, what does the Holy Spirit do? What the Holy Spirit does, it helps you do what you can't do. It helps you change. It helps you become the person you could never be on your own. And so it's, (laughs) if if I were a salesman, I'd say, Eric, this is a really great deal. God is saying, I'm not only going to forgive you and Take all your guilt and shame away, but I'm going to help you become the person I always intended for you to be. I'm going to give you the spirit. Now, listen, we're, we're close to landing, and so I want to at least finish this, okay? So then it goes on and it says... Of course he does. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You're not even going to give me a chance to even think about this? Oh, indeed, I want you to. There's more to the story? Yeah, I listen mean. to this. Verse 39, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Do you hear that? It's saying this is not an old story about people long ago. It's relevant and it's like speaking to us today. And then it says, with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation and those who accepted his message were baptized, about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And so, there's a ton to say here, but we don't have much time left. You've got to see what I'm telling you, there's nothing else more important. You see him saying, he's pleading with them, he's warning them. Save yourselves. And then they didn't hear this and go, oh, that's really nice. Let's come back next Sunday for another sermon. They were baptized that day. They, they didn't wait because it was, they realized, man, this is incredibly important. And then it says they were added to their number that day, which well, there's a lot to say about that too. I'm saying that a whole lot, aren't I? Is they became a part of the other group of Christians there. When, when, when you become a follower of Jesus, God forgives you of your sins. He gives you the spirit to help you be the person you could never be. But he doesn't want you doing this alone. He gives you a family to help you and to encourage you. And so, Eric, the guy asked me, and I'll just ask you the same question as we got to leave. Um, if this is really true... What does it mean for you? That's a, that's a question. I'm, I'm sort of kidding, but sort of not. That's a question that another week in the bathroom would probably do a lot of good. <laughs> um, well, no, it's. I, I, there's a lot to think about there. But obviously there's a lot at, at stake and there's a lot to gain. What I'm hearing is it's not very often that you're offered something 
that is that significant. Yeah, very true. And uh, it doesn't sound like something that you uh, you just snap, you're going to do it. So I, I, I appreciate the fact that you, again, that you took the time to just share part of what this story means to you and that you took the time to share it with me. And I, and I, will, I will promise you this, that I will think about it and, and, and even though I'm, I'm not somebody who prays, I, it sounds like something that I should pray about. Well, and, I, at least before you get off, because I know you told me you're in a hurry, I, I want to give you my card. Okay. Uh, so maybe, it's maybe, got maybe, your phone number on it? Yeah, phone number, email. You can contact me, all right? Anytime, well, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for... Because I know you told me you have a connecting flight. I do, yeah. I do. And, and there's a guy on the front row over here that's... He's looking at me funny like I need to get, get up and get my luggage and I, get I've got to get my stuff together, yeah. so... Thank you. I appreciate you bet, it. It's Enjoyed great meeting it. you. Hey, I'll pray for you. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's you great meeting you. Freeze. So, so what happens with Eric? I may never know until heaven. But you see, a seed was planted the seed of the gospel that is life giving I can't do anything more than that God's the one that takes that seed and causes it to grow so now I'm just going to trust God it's in his hands and I'm going to pray for Eric every day so as we are called to make disciples of all nations our, our, our objective with Caitlin sharing her personal story and Eric and I sharing this dialogue of the gospel is to help us to be inspired and to be equipped to tell the story. And I know it's awkward on an airplane. I get that. Or wherever, you, wherever you're going to be, it's not necessarily going to be comfortable. It's going to be outside of your comfort zone. But if it's true, then shouldn't we get outside of that comfort zone? And to those of you who are here, you're new to this, or you're live streaming and you're new to this, we'll be praying for you. And the objective in the prayer is that you would hear this incredible life-changing story. Let's stand together and pray. Holy Spirit, I asked you to do this earlier. May you continue now to take this message and speak the language, heart language, every single one of us. To those of us who are followers of yours, fire us up. Light that fire in us that cannot be quenched and raise us up as harvesters. Equip us and most of all, give us courage to share this incredible life-changing story. Open our eyes to opportunities. And I pray for those who've never given their lives to you, who've never confessed Jesus as Lord and been baptized. Take this seed and cause it to grow. To Jesus we pray.
Amen. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the Senior Minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.